Hello, would you like to chat with us today? I don't know. Do you have a mask on? No, but I have some good questions. Have you heard of PragerU before? Um, I think so. You guys are those propagandists, right? That spread all that terrible white right white ring white white right wing propaganda. Close, but wh why do you say that? I don't know. Your mustache just looks racist and white supremacist. So, have you seen a video from PragerU that elicits that type of messaging? I, I don't have to see any actual videos to know that you guys are just a bunch of racists. Do you have one example? I mean, just look at you. What does that mean? It means that's all the example I need of a racist. Give me one. More. Give me an example of a sentence in a video that was racist. I don't even. I don't even need to cite any examples. Everyone just knows that you guys are terrible. Oh, everyone people. just knows. Huh? Yeah. Huh? You can't even give one example, but it's misinformation. That makes a lot of sense. Look, you are on my campus spreading propaganda, and I'm about to cry and call the police. So I, I hope need you, you to back off. I hope you cry and call the police. I'm doing it now. <laughs> this is me crying. That's <laughs> yeah, a weird way of crying. No wonder you're a leftist. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Will and Taylor live, but is about to be Will and Amla live because in a special moment, we're going to be having a very special guest, our favorite friend, Amala Panobi, who is in Nashville right now. But we're going to have her on. Today's episode, we got some really good stuff today. We're talking about a Portland professor who has resigned from his position because of leftists and brainwashing at the university. We are talking about dudes and their W's. We are going over my new video, which is why we did that skit in the beginning, where I asked people uh, on a college campus at Cal State LA if they knew what PragerU was, and more. So make sure that you tune in. And we're going to talk with Amala right now about this professor who essentially couldn't, didn't want to deal with the leftism and all the brainwashing anymore. Let's get into it. Um, Amala Ekbenobi joins us from Nashville today to come back onto her own show. What's up, Amala? You should pronounce my name correctly, Will. <laughs> Ekbenobi, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, Will and Taylor Live has had a lot of guests in the past, and we're, we're just really excited. Yeah, to... we're very honored to have you, Amara. <laughs> I'm your most esteemed guest, it seems. Thank you. No, no not many have as much steam as you. So thank you. All right, we're starting with this story today. Again, Amla from all the way in Nashville. This story about my university sacrificed ideas for ideology. So today I quit. So Peter Boghossian has taught philosophy at Portland State University for the past decade. In the letter below, sent this morning to the university's provost, he explains why he is resigning. First of all, super based quitting his job because of what the university is doing. Let's read what he had to say. I'm writing to you today to resign as assistant professor of philosophy at Portland State University. Over the last decade, it has been my privilege to teach at the university. My specialties are critical thinking, ethics, and the Socratic method, and I teach classes like science and pseudoscience and the philosophy of education. But in addition to exploring classic philosophers and traditional texts, I've invited a wide range of guest lecturers to address my classes, from flat earthers to Christian apologists to global climate skeptics to Occupy Wall Street advocates. I'm proud of my work. I invited those speakers not because I agreed with their worldviews, but primarily because I didn't. From those messy and difficult conversations, I've seen the best of what our students can achieve, questioning beliefs while respecting believers, staying even-tempered in challenging circumstances, and even changing their minds. First thoughts, Amala? Yeah, I mean, if there's going to be a harder place to be as an educator, it's going to be Portland. We all know that that's sort of the breeding ground for Antifa and all of these anti-establishment political groups 
and the, the teachers in Portland and the school boards in Portland are actively committing violations against education with, with CRT, with not a school-to-prison pipeline, but this sort of school-to-radicalism pipeline. And as a teacher, I would hate to be in Portland of all places. And as he says, it's more about diversity of thought than anything. He tries to bring in diverse opinions, some of which he doesn't even agree with. Uh, but I guess that's no longer allowed, which is not surprising. You should have people in who have differing views than you to understand the world better. But this is this is this guy quitting his job is the perfect summary of what leftism is in America today. Because leftism leftism in America today says there is one ideology, one agenda, one thing that you are allowed to think and any other dissenting opinions are not allowed to be shared. And this professor went out of his way to make sure that quote unquote dangerous ideas were shared with his students and then gets canceled for it and, it's, and gets told, you know, you can't have these different kinds of ideas excuse me being presented on your campus lots of coffee this morning maybe burp um you know if amala comes on i'm gonna burp that's just how it goes but having dissenting opinions is what society is supposed to be all about and to, to to find the best ideas and the best solutions to our problems is bringing people on who have differing points of view Right, and I love how he says question. We he brought these people that they disagreed. He disagreed with, and specifically on purpose, um, so that they could question beliefs while respecting believers. And that is exactly what tolerance is supposed to be. Is hey, uh, we have a difference of opinion. We see the world differently, but I still respect your uh, right to think what you think and your your independence as a human being um, and your ability to, to think for yourself. And I'm, I'm, maybe there's something I can learn or I can sharpen my own beliefs by listening to your ideas. And uh, that's what education should be all about. And um, that's what he's doing. This is a classical liberal type of education. And that uh, the university became so woke that that was no longer something that was tolerable for them, which is ironic because it's usually these woke lefties who are like do things in the name of tolerance. But in reality, they, they are not willing to respect people uh, who disagree with them. Right. I wish it didn't come to the point of him having to quit, though, I think, because he quit. And now it's just like, OK, another great professor is gone from that university. It's going to be more susceptible to these sort of wokeisms and it's just going to get worse. So I, I wish uh, he had been able to or had the conditions to stay and really put up the good fight and keep trying. Well, we'll see what else he said. He said, I never once believed, nor do I now, that the purpose of instruction was to lead my students to a particular conclusion. Rather, I sought to create the conditions for rigorous thought to help them gain the tools to hunt and furrow for their own conclusions. This is why I became a teacher and why I love teaching. That is a, a truly amazing thing, that the teacher comes and says, I am not trying to indoctrinate these students. That sounds like a radical idea, not trying to indoctrinate students, but I'm actually trying to educate them. In uh, Nietzsche, uh, and thus spoke Zarathustra. Zarathustra is like this prophet that was created in this in this world that he created and thus spoke Zarathustra. And in the book, he amasses these followers who come and follow his philosophy. And there's Zarathustra, the prophet, comes and tells all his followers and says, do not follow me anymore because I do not want you to just take every single thing that I have told you and only have that idea. You need to go out into the world and not just follow me and discover things for yourself. Take the ideas that I've given you and test them out into the world and see if they work, right? And that's like 
a, a beautiful thing I think about Nietzsche as well. That's like he's talking about, you know, don't just take his ideas at face value. You need to go and experience these things and find if they work. And that's what it talks about in that book. And it's like perfect because you need to go and figure out if the ideas that are being presented to you actually work, not just having them in a Portland university in some lecture hall that you don't have to actually deal with the ideas that you're talking about. You need to be able to test them in the world and, and push them even further. Don't just follow someone for what they say. Take the ideas and, and really discover what the true meaning of the world is around you. Yeah, it's so sad that what that teacher said is somehow amazing. That's how all teachers should view teaching, that you're coming to the plate, you are arming kids with facts and hopefully the skills to think critically, and then you just let them go and they can draw their own conclusions. That's what you're meant to do as a teacher, as a professor. So it's so sad for him to say that that's all I was trying to do is somehow amazing to us. Students at Portland State are not being taught to think, he says. Rather, they are being trained to mimic the moral certainty of ideologues. Faculty and administrators have abdicated the university's truth-seeking mission and instead drive intolerance of divergent beliefs and opinions. This has created a culture of offense where students are now afraid to speak openly and honestly. That's super true. I mean... We talk to students every single day, Prager Force students. They're not all at Portland State University, but we talk to them all the time. And they're like, yeah, I can't say my conservative beliefs in class because I will be – that's exactly what they'll be. They'll burp. They will be shamed or ridiculed or will get worse grades for the things that they believe in. Yeah, I mean that was true for me when I was working on the left. I could not say anything that I was actually truly thinking, and for a long time I didn't. So I was just continuing working, continuing supporting all these campaigns, knowing that I didn't genuinely support what I was doing because I was way too scared to speak up. I knew the backlash would be so intense and, and just immediate that I didn't want to say anything. Amala, what are you thinking right now? <laughs> what do you mean, what am I thinking? Genuinely say what you think. I'm thinking your mustache is looking really, really thick. Like, it's gotten thicker in the few days that, um, that I've been gone. Well, you leave, and all your feminine energy also departs with you. And my domain turns into complete masculine energy with us four guys in this room. It was a very masculine stream yesterday, a very masculine stream. I was in the comments, by the way. That account is my actual account. I will be in the comments today, so guys, don't roast me. We, we're not even sure if it's really you talking right now. <laughs> so, yeah. You could be a, a deep fake bot or something. Yeah, I'm just an AI. You, I'm yeah, you look like nightmare. a deep fake bot. Be, no one could create that. <laughs> it has to be fake. Uh, okay, here he keeps going, and he says, I began networking with student groups who had similar concerns and brought in speakers to explore these subjects from a critical perspective, and it became increasingly clear to me that the incidents of illiberalism I had witnessed over the years were not just isolated events, but part of an institution-wide problem. The more I spoke out about these issues, the more retaliation I faced. Yeah, don't speak out, because if you start to speak out, then they hate you, and they will silence you. Uh, he goes on to talk about Title IX and the investigation there and talking about interviewing students, talks about how there's no due process. Uh, let's keep going a little bit further down here. Um, he said, this is what happened after some of this Title IX stuff and other things that, that he put. And he says, shortly thereafter, swastikas in the bathroom with my name under them began appearing in two bathrooms near the philosophy department. They also occasionally showed up on my office door, in one instance accompanied by bags of feces. Our university remained silent. When it acted, it was against me, not the perpetrators. That's, this is, again, another – this article is really perfect because it shows what the left is exactly. The left is chaos. It shows that you can leave a bag of poop outside someone's door, but as long as you agree with leftism, that's fine. 
that's how crazy the world has gotten. You can do horrible things. I mean, look at the, the things that were done in BLM's name and the riots last year or things done in the name of climate change, like all these different ideas and ideologues. And they do horrible, stupid things. But because they agree with the right agenda, it's totally fine. Go leave some poop outside someone's door. But as long as you think Black Lives Matter and you have a, one of those new pride flags with all the new shapes on it, you're going to be fine. Oh, yeah. Dude, as long as it's in the name of the revolution, you can do anything as extreme as you want to. And it's so crazy because in this whole letter that we've read so far, this man has not asserted one conservative opinion whatsoever. He hasn't made any mention of personally being a conservative. He hasn't really made any mention of his personal politics. If anything, he's one of the most upstanding, seemingly classical liberal teachers that you can find, talking about diversity of opinion, bringing in all different thoughts, thoughts that he agrees with, thoughts that he doesn't, and just trying to expose his students to that. So to think that somehow that is fashion or somehow emblematic of Nazism is crazy. Administrators and faculty were so angered by the papers, excuse me, that they published oh an anonymous gosh. piece. <laughs> it's happening so much. Anonymous piece in the student paper, and Portland State filed formal charges against me. Their accusation? Research misconduct, based on the absurd premise that the journal editors who accepted our intentionally deranged articles were human subjects. I was found guilty of not receiving approval to experiment on human subjects. Meanwhile, ideological intolerance continued to grow at Portland State. In March 2018, a tenured professor disrupted a public discussion I was holding with author Christina Hoff Summers. Christina Hoff Summers has done a PragerU video, by the way, The War on Boys, and evolutionary biologists Brett Weinstein and Heather Hang. In June 2018, someone triggered the fire alarm during my conversation with popular cultural critic Carl Benjamin. In October 2018, an activist pulled out the speaker wires to interrupt a panel with former Google engineer James Damore, who we also did a five-minute video on about his letter to Google. The university did nothing to stop or address this behavior. No one was punished or disciplined. That's a – when I spoke, I spoke at the University of Utah. This will just show you how, how far these people go. Actually, I spoke at University of Utah. This was about two years ago. And then the next day, I was slated to speak in Park City, Utah at a high school. I don't usually do high schools, but I was doing a high school for this event because I was already in the area. And so I go, I'm supposed to speak there later that night, and a student, knowing that I was going to go and speak in the auditorium, sprayed bear spray into the vents of the school, and it ended up poisoning students. It sent like 15 students to the hospital, or like 15 students had, I think it sent one student to the hospital, and like 15 of them had medical problems after that, from spraying bear spray into the vents to poison people so that my event couldn't happen. This is how far people will go. The student, luckily, because it was a high school, did get reprimand and discipline, which is great, but it seems like in this article, these people are not getting discipline. And again, you can do whatever you want as long as you agree with the right agenda. That's how it is. Dude, that's so insane. And just think about this from just a, a macro level of there's a side that's fighting for everybody to speak and there's a side that's fighting for only themselves to speak. What side do you want to be on? And that's really the end of the discussion there. Yeah. Well, if you're on the left and you're winning, then you, you probably want to be on that side. Right. That's kind of the, the great lie that they've told. And they say, you know, you don't need if you if your ideas are so good, then, you know, why not just stamp out all the other ideas? And that's what they've convinced millions of people of thinking that like that's good for them, that they Sounds don't need to hear other ideas because, me. yeah, well they don't understand that because they think that the other side is evil. They think our ideas and the things that we believe in are evil, so they want to stamp out all of those ideas to only have their own. 
And that's what that's the whole thing that's lost in this is if the truth is on your side, then you don't need to stamp out dissenting ideas and you don't need to um, silence other people who disagree or force your ideology on other people or pull fire alarms when someone you disagree with is is speaking. Um, If the truth, if you sincerely believe that you're on the side of the truth, then opposing ideas should not be a threat to you because there, you know, the truth will out eventually. And so it's, it's a matter of like, when we dig to the bottom of, of what everyone is saying, we'll find that, hey, I'm on the side of truth. And if you're confident in that, then you shouldn't feel the need to force your ideology on other people or stamp out um, dissenting opinions. But that's exactly what these people are doing. And that's exactly what happens in, in, um, in our society today with all the censorship and everything like that. It's like it, there's a there's a single narrative that's being pushed. And if you're not on the right side of it, if you don't agree with it, if you don't swallow it hook, line and sinker and, and become an advocate for it, then you're you're the you're a bad person or whatever. And it's all and it, it used to be that um, we judge we judge whether something is is good and right based on whether it's true and now we judge whether things are good and right or the the mainstream media and everyone like and this uh, mainstream society mainstream narrative judges things on whether they like Amla said advance the revolutionary cause or advance the cause of leftism and that is a very dangerous place to be he goes on to say this isn't about me this is how he ends it this is about the kind of institutions we want and the values we choose every idea that has advanced human freedom has always and without fail been initially condemned that's a great thing talking about you know slavery talking about other things in human history that have at first been you know someone like Galileo talking about the science of of the moon and, and or not the moon the, the sun and revolving around the earth all of this and and amazing things were done in the name of unpopular ideas I'm a big fan of unpopular ideas I think if you have unpopular ideas you should be very strong about the ideas that you believe in and try and get them out there because those are the ideas that change history as individuals we often seem incapable of remembering this lesson but that is exactly what our institutions are for to remind us that the freedom to question is our fundamental right educational institutions should remind us that the right is also our duty Portland State University has failed in fulfilling this duty in doing so it has failed not only its students but the public that supports it while I am grateful for the opportunity to have taught at Portland State for over a decade, it has become clear to me that this institution is no place for people who intend to think freely and explore ideas. This is not the outcome I wanted, but I feel morally obligated to make this choice. For ten years, I have taught my students the importance of living by your principles. One of mine is to defend our system of real liberal education from those who seek to destroy it. Who would I be if I didn't? Sincerely, Peter. It's sad. It is, but I mean, I love that. That is what makes us courageous. Is he's choosing the the hill he's dying on? Is hey, this university has gone against what it is and what it the whole idea of what a university is for, and the duty that a university has, which is to ask questions, ask honest questions, and and poke holes in in thinking and poke holes in ideologies. And instead, the university has become a purveyor of a an ideology, which is a closed system of thinking. It says you must think this way, you must um, have these beliefs, and you must act in such a way in the world. They say you all have to go to university, and if you don't go to university, you're probably a loser. Oh, what are you going to do? Be a be a truck driver in in Minnesota or something like that? You big loser! You're not. A, you don't have a university education. You're so dumb. And the left, this we have this cultural problem around this that tells us that we all have to go to university. And then the left is in control of the universities. They're also in control of the money that universities get, and they're in control of making more money for the universities and raising the prices. So the prices keep on going up. So the left is making tons of money. And then they send all these people who they've shamed into going there, and all they do is go and basically get indoctrinated or get an alcohol addiction. That's essentially what college is nowadays. Yeah. 
And that's how they control us. That's, that's, that's the means of how they control us. They control you through the university. So someone coming out and stepping up and standing and writing this and, and saying no more is honestly the bravest thing I think that you can do. One of the bravest things you can do. Because the university system and the culture of, of college in America has come, become so ingrained in everything we do. I mean, when I dropped out of college, I did two years of college, the amount of shame that I got from my other students, from the other classmates, was incomprehensible. I mean, they were just, I, I knew that people were laughing at me behind my back. They were saying, oh, he couldn't take it. He couldn't do it. He's stupid. Like all these kinds of things that people were saying about me. And it's like, who's stupid now? Huh? Who's stupid now? And it's like, but we have this culture that deems it this way. And so for him to stand up is incredibly brave. And I'm really proud of him for doing that. This is not to denigrate his choice to to quit, because I can imagine that I would probably do the same thing if I was in his uh, in his shoes. But do you think this is going to change the university system at all, having a good professor who is actually there for classical liberal thinking to leave the establishment? Because then a lot of people are just going to follow suit. And as, as easy as it is to say, you know, don't go to college, it's, it's sort of a prerequisite for so many jobs in America. So is the university system just going to get worse and worse because people who are great professors are leaving? Yeah, but you got to think about it in like, in, in my opinion, maybe it'll turn into more of a free market scenario. At least we can hope. We'll see what the regulations and things are. But if, if this turns into more of like more people who own businesses, who understand, okay, I see what college is nowadays. I see that it's not preparing these students who are coming out for the career that I'm trying to bestow on them. So I am no longer going to make a college education of this sense a requirement to get the job here that I would have maybe required before because business owners are waking up to the fact that this is indoctrination or you don't need it. I think that when you have someone like this coming out and saying the truth about what it is and people are reading it, then I think there is sort of a free market principle about that that says, okay, maybe some of the universities will, will fail and businesses will start to realize that they are not so worthwhile for their people who they're hiring to come in there. So potentially, I think it could be a win in that sense. Now, potentially the universities will also get worse. I'm I am almost fine with that, in my opinion. If that's what's going to happen, then maybe they need to fail so that they can become better. Because right now it seems like nothing is getting better in the universities. Maybe we should just let them fail and rot, even though I think that university education is a good thing. But if it's not getting better, you might have to do that. Um, right. But um, yeah. I think it's the same kind of logic as um, like how... Uh, Daily Wire left California because they had just had enough. And for them, the cards they're they're playing, they're like, "Hey, we have the opportunity to leave. We've we've done our part." Meanwhile, Prager, you're still here. We're fighting the good fight and, and defending it. I don't think it's uh, there's a blanket correct way to handle these handle these situations. But like this guy, I know for a fact that this guy, you see it in this in this letter. He's out laying out year by year. He was, "Hey, here's how here's how this liberalism happened," and he was fighting it. He was bringing in different speakers. He was, you know, fighting the good fight in his setting. And then it just got to a point where it, it was the right thing for him to do to make this stand and I you know he was forced out and I think this is having a big impact it's on Barry Weiss's substack I mean she's she's got a big um, platform and I Peter Bogosian is also he's he's a well-known intellectual and and um, has done a lot of great work I mean these those the the thing that will referenced earlier um, about they did these like fake studies and they they wrote all these like 
crazy sounding liberal woke um, I, you know, ideas just to and submitted them to woke journals. And they got published by these journals um, that are yeah, by completely that. fake papers. Yeah, it's called The Grievance Affair. Mm-hmm. And um, they, he did that with James Lindsay, and, who's also done a PragerU video. So anyway, he's been working on, on this system and exposing it for a long time. And I think it just came to the point where, you know, for, for him, the best way that he could fight was uh, to leave and make this statement. If I was in his situation, I would definitely do the same thing. I'm just wondering what the full implications of it when when people like that who are actually great are just leaving by, you know, just flock, like flocking out of universities. It's like, like the pe- butterfly effect. You don't know. Like there's so many little chasms of, of, of things that happen that you're like, oh, this affects this and this and this. Like you, you have no idea what's going to happen. So it's it's hard to tell based on just this. But I don't know. I'm hopeful. Yeah, I mean, like, like a, same thing I said before, like, you know, thousands and thousands of people have left uh, California, New York um, in the last year or two. And we don't know what the effect of that will be. But, you know, um, each, each individual has to make their choices based on the cards that they're dealt at that time. And, you know, um, I think that we'll have to see what the effects will be over time. Yeah. Hopefully based effects. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Let's look at this little little uh, clip of of. Uh... Amala from oh. the Candace show. Uh, Amala doesn't like watching herself. I actually hate watching myself. You really could do this separately without me being here. No, no, we yeah. want to see your face. Would you really no. like us to review your uh, Candace performance while you're not here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give me ratings after. <laughs> we're critics, actually. So we're going to see how well you did and judge it on one to ten. OK, I beg of you not to do that. Yeah, can you explain the story? Right, so uh, Candace proposed her first story, and that is General Michael Flynn being canceled by Chase Bank. They sent him a strongly worded letter saying that after careful consideration, they've decided that his uh, his name and his reputation are not good for their bank. Uh, of course, he generated some uproar and things changed but after that, but that's what Chase Bank did. So that's the story we're talking about. Okay, now that everyone has some context, let's play this. That sort of went away, but the implications being that they want to make sure that you don't even have cash resources and that every single one of your dollars belongs to the big banks when they have this much money to just simply kick you out. Like, you know, what, what happens when they just kick you out and say, no, you're not allowed here? Right. They get to exile you outside of society. And what you did is really important, and that's pulling your business away from it. And that's what we have to do as conservatives, and not just conservatives, just people who value freedom need to stop allowing corporations and institutions to do this to people. Now, Chase did not expect to get a bunch of backlash on this, and now they've reinstated his account because they got that backlash. I didn't know that. Great update. Yeah. yeah. So they reinstated his account. Yes. Yeah, so so we need to be vocal about it. And it was because Michael Flynn had an audience that he could expose this to. And people fought back and spoke up about it. Yeah. And I reached out to two billionaires on my end. I was like, I'm not a billionaire, but I had know some billionaires. Right. And I reached out and I knew that they banked right. at Chase Bank. And I said, look at this article. You have direct a direct line um, uh, to the CEO. And you should tell him that you're pulling your money out. If we all got together and just said, we're done, yep. you know, these banks wouldn't have this much power. And it's not enough to let these banks turn around and say, oh, we're going to fix it now. This is fundamentally who they are. So it doesn't matter if they come back and say, oh, we're going to correct it. They're just testing. This is a test. OK, so tests didn't run as well as they wanted it to. But that doesn't mean they're not going to continue to do this in the future. They absolutely were on board with doing this. And we need to be you know, on the same page that that's where we're headed. My wife did the same thing you did over the COVID issues at Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo tried to force mask her and our kids. And she said, OK, I'm cashing out. 
close all of our accounts. Yeah. And we need to take those stands. Nice. If we're not going to do it, nobody else is going to. People have got to stop sitting down and waiting for other people to stand up. We each individually have to stand up. So the left is going to cancel us? Let's cancel them right back, baby. Pull our patronage away. That's what I'm saying. I'm all, I'm all about it. Robbie did the right thing. Robbie and his wife did the right thing. Yeah, as did Candace. Amla, you did great. I'm, I'm giving you a, a 9 out of 10. I think it was very good. What was the one point taken off for? Um, you know, there's just something that wasn't there. I can't put my finger on it. A little bit of pizzazz that just wasn't present? Yeah, yeah, no, maybe some humor. Wow. Um, something wow. along those lines. But it was very good. It was very good. I should have consulted you first. I apologize. You probably should have. It was definitely better <laughs> than my appearance on Candace, for sure. So mine was like a 4. So yours was much better than mine. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I stand by your four rating. Yes. Thank, thank you. Good. Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page. See, this is why we work well together, because we agree on important issues. Alma, how do you rate Will's burps today? Uh, they were very, very low. A lot of them unexpected. So I'm going to give them a four. Same thing as the Candace rating. So. Oh, wow. Well, you need to step up your game. Four hobbits. <laughs> No, I did, they were smaller because I didn't want to annoy everyone in the audience with my massive belching. You've never had a problem with that before. <laughs> well, not on the show, but when I'm with you, yeah. I mean, I'll oh. just let it rip. Oh, okay. No, no problem. It smells good. But <laughs> when I'm on the show, I don't want to you Okay, know, be guys, so I'm logging off vulgar. of this call. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Amla, thanks for joining us on Will and Taylor Live. We appreciate it. You know, if you guys want to follow Amla... Uh, at the Amla Epinobi. You can find her on there. We hope to get her on the show again sometime. I think she was a 9 out of 10 guest. Not a 10, but a 9 out of 10 guest, and we're very happy to have her here. I can only hope that I get the honor of being back on this show again, I must say. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> wow. Wow, guys. We've never had her on the show before, but I'm thinking it's a one-time thing. But we could potentially have her back sometime. You know, she was she was pretty good. What do you think, Taylor? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just I don't know how well spoken she is and talented to be able to like actually be on a show like this. But yeah, you know. well, we also have a lot of masculine energy here that I don't know if she can handle. Handle. Yeah, know? it's true. It's true. But for her first time, she did very well. Guys, make sure you check out Amala Epinobi at the Amala Epinobi on social media. Also for the show, Amala does post a lot of things about the show and and when we do like asking advice for or we want we you guys ask for questions or you guys ask i will can never get this right why can i never get this right i was with him yesterday we were we were um gonna do a segment where we gave advice and he's right. like hey guys we're taking your your advice today on will anomaly live and it's like we're not taking your advice i mean we could you know but <laughs> i don't need advice from any of you well everyone's advice is to shave your mustache we are yeah know, well that's so. not advice that's a, a death <laughs> sentence guys in two weeks or less than two weeks on the 20th september 20th i hope you guys mark your calendar it's going to be a momentous day because September 20th is the day before my book comes out. My book comes out September 21st, but even the day before is even more momentous because September 20th is the day that live on this show, we are going to be potentially shaving the mustache on live <gasps> show. So guys, make sure that you tune in on September 20th. <laughs> At 2.30 p.m. Pacific. the crowd goes wild. The crowd picked up their pitchforks and said, we are going to slaughter anyone who will dare to touch that caterpillar <laughs> upon your lip. 2.30 p.m. Pacific, 5.30 p.m. Eastern on September 20th, if you guys want to see a live shaving of me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
of only my face, okay? Just a face, all right? Is that on your yeah. OnlyFans? Or is yeah, that the other sorry. stuff, you know, you got to pay for it, but this is free, okay? <laughs> all right, let's get into oh the next. Gosh, let's get into the next. Weird. No, it's not weird. That's amazing. All right, guys, we got a new video from me. New video for me that just came out today. I'm very excited about this video because it's quite funny. And again, just kind of like we talked about with this professor from Portland, it encapsulates the left very well, encapsulates their hypocritical, na hypocritical nature and how many of them will not look at other sides of opinions and will just label it as hate speech or misinformation. So let's get into this. I ask people if they know what PragerU is. It's a mustache, everyone. You know, don't worry. What's up, guys? This is Will Wee with PragerU. Today we are... So, if you didn't see that, just because we don't have subtitles on there. there. There were these group of communists on campus. These people who, if you live in Los Angeles, you might have seen them. I go to the farmer's market every Sunday, and sometimes they'll have, like, a little communist booth set up at the farmer's market where they're trying to give people, like, pamphlets about, hey, here's why Marxism is great. Here's why we need to overthrow the system. I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to buy some, you know, organic mangoes, and you're talking to me about the cultural revolution. And they'll do that. But, like, they were on this campus that day. And they were going around to different parts of the campus and screaming at kids and saying, at 1230 in the quad, we're going to be starting the revolution and talking to you guys about communism. So at 1230, everyone come. And then during one of that lady's speeches, they knew who I was. I tried to talk to them and say, hey, let's have a conversation. They didn't want to talk to me. And so then at, at, at one of their little speeches that people were just like, please get away from me. She pointed at us and said, those mother effers are fascists. Don't listen to them pointing at me. And then I blamed it on the mustache. So that's the the reason behind that. Now let's get into Prager you is? Uh it's conservative media. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Prager U before? Yes, I have. Yeah? Yeah. I'm the guy from Prager U. Yeah. Yeah. No. There you go. Will. Yep. Yep. Don't Yep. What's up, boss? You like Prager U? Yeah. Yeah, I like Prager U. What do you like about it? It's honest. Yeah, I'm for it. It's You're cool. For it? Yeah, yeah. Agree with a lot of your ideas. Yeah. I think it it sort of, in a way, skews towards the right uh -huh. and that political agenda. And in a lot of ways, it's misinformed. Personally, I don't agree with the views held by uh, PragerU, but I don't watch it personally, so I don't have enough okay. information to yeah. decisively say one way or another. Fair enough. Do you think if you watched more, it might change your mind? Not particularly, no. No? No. Why is that? Just, uh, I, I believe that PragerU uh, misinterprets factual events in order to color their political biases in their videos. You have an example of that? Well, again, I don't particularly watch the channel, so I couldn't name a video off the top of my head. That's just a feeling that I get from having seen their content. Yeah. How do you know it misinterprets it if you can't name an example of it? Because I'm a political science major, so I know politics. That doesn't mean anything. I dropped out of school. Well, it's just, I don't know if you should conflate it with misinformation if you can't name instances of misinformation within the content. Yeah, but that's a disingenuous question since I've already stated that I don't watch the channel enough to know the names of their videos. I do watch the channel enough to have seen misinformation. And just because I don't want to... have one example. Even one. Just one. Dude. PragerU is full of crap from top to bottom. I don't need a single example. It's all crap from top to bottom. You don't need one example. I want to use this footage because I'm severely disagreeing with, obviously, the implicit bias that you're trying to put on me. No, I'm just asking for one example of why it is 
okay? And as I've stated repeatedly already, I don't watch PragerU. One example. One example, man. Come on. Give me one example of how it's misinformation. Well, in one video I saw about Che Guevara... He's a political uh, science major, Well, No, I should have... What I should have done is gotten on my hands and knees and begged him to educate me about the way of the world. Because obviously he's a political science major. And because I was a lowly English major who dropped out of school, I know nothing about the world or how anything works. Even though I do this for a job, he definitely knows more than I do. Yeah, I mean, he could have at least, like, said, well, don't you guys believe this or something and, like, tried to at least offer some topic of debate to, like, mm -hmm. discuss. But he couldn't even say, like, well, don't you guys say it? You guys say this type of thing. You know, instead, it, it just, he kept, I don't know, just getting angry and angry and talking about his major. I know. Well, it's like I'm asking for one example. Of course he's going to get angry if he can't think of an example. Like, someone's pressuring you on, on saying, this is, like... You can ask people questions. I say this all the time. But look, I didn't tell this guy, I didn't say one thing of what PragerU is at all. I didn't say, every single thing I asked was a question to this guy. Mm -hmm. And he got angry and couldn't answer my questions, which you, it might not show on camera. But later that day, I am sure that guy is going to be pounding sand, wishing that he had the answers and wishing that, you know, and thinking about, oh, how do I upgrade my ideas and abilities so that I can answer those types of questions and have his mind change, even if it doesn't show in the video because he's got a little temper tantrum. But, you know, regardless, he's, he's, he's going to go home and be thinking about our conversation. Think of the day. perfect comeback, like the jerk store in Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember yeah. That? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should have said in the, when I when I got owned in that moment. Gandalf the Gray. And then he'd like yeah, that guy's gonna like fool. stalk you and like find you next time you're out filming and be like, I know. ask me for an example. Ask me for an example. Ask me for an example, dude. Huh? I mean, I got a thousand. I'm ready. Of them. He's I got wrote them all down. Yeah. <laughs> and I will dismantle every single one. And there were people who came up to me and were you know they had specific examples of what they thought were misinformation. Like this this next guy. I don't know if we'll play the whole video, but this next guy came up and was asking about Che Guevara and about a video we did about Che Guevara and, and, you know, saying that we painted Che Guevara in a bad light. But, you know, luckily I've seen all of the PragerU videos and know all of them. So when someone brings an example of PragerU being misinformation, I can handle it every time. I mean, that's what you have to do if you want to be able to combat these people. You know, you have to put in the work to know the information on how to, to change minds. If you go up to people asking them questions or trying to bait people on some sort of thing or change their mind and you don't know all the facts about it, then, you know, you're not really, there's not much of a chance of you changing their minds. But again, like I just did with that guy in the red shirt, all I did was ask him questions and be, by asking questions, I never told him how to think. I never told him this is the truth. I never told him this is what PragerU is. All I had to do was ask him questions to get him to tell me and to show me that he didn't know what he was talking about and have a mind changing moment. Potentially. So that's all you have to do. That's what you can do. And it works so much better than if I would have gone and said, uh, you know, Prager, you isn't misinformation. And here's why. I didn't need to do that. All I need to do is ask him questions. So anyway, this is my new video. You guys can go check it out on PragerU.com. The link for this video is in the caption, right? It's in the description that people can go watch. You can go watch yep. the full video if you haven't seen it yet. Or just go, if you're here on YouTube, just go on our YouTube and watch it on there too. So whatever it is that, that you want to do. All right, we wanted to go over this dude's posting their W's. I love this account. Taylor found this one today, and we're, we're big fans of dudes posting their Ws because men don't get enough credit today. Isn't that right, guys? We have four guys in this room, 
<laughs> and we feel like we don't get enough credit from Amala for all of the great things that we do every day. It's all about Amala all the time. That's why we had to put her on the show today. But dudes do have W's <laughs> on occasion. Okay? And so we wanted to read this one. Ladies, what is the most obvious hint you've dropped that went unnoticed by a guy? My current boyfriend and I started out in this weird friends that flirt stage. I was trying to find a way to get him to make a move. One very hot evening, middle of August, we were sitting in his backyard with a few of our friends drinking beer. I sat on the same lawn chair as him, kind of wiggled in, and said, I'm cold. He left me alone in the chair and proceeded to build a giant fire. It took like an hour. When he was finished making the fire, he sat back down in a different lawn chair. Based. Based. The beacons are lit. The beacons are lit. Gondor this is one of the funniest eight. accounts on Twitter. No, it's one of the best accounts. Have you ever done anything like that? Like when you're... Taylor's married now, if you guys didn't know. He just got back from his honeymoon. This is true. And have you ever done anything like that where a girl has tried to make a move and you've done... You've like just done man things? All the time. <laughs> it's a, I can't... Give me I one example. Think, I, I'm a political give me one major, example. So. <laughs> <laughs> one example. <laughs> No, I've never um, built a fire to warm up a girl who wanted to cuddle with me on a lawn chair. But mm-hmm. well, that's because there have never been girls who wanted to cuddle with you on a well, lawn chair. I can. There's so. lots of examples. Believe me. <laughs> Give me one <laughs> example. <laughs> Just one. Um, I'm trying to think if I have it. Do you guys have any examples of something you've done that's like manly like that? Not sure. Oh wait, let me. Like turn something up Scott's like this. Mike over there. Yeah, if, if a lady was trying to cuddle on the couch, you know, I would just stand up and just start opening all the Titan jars in the yeah. fridge. And everything <laughs> yeah. and just Show her how manly yeah. I am. Yeah, exactly. Can opening. I was making bean dish the other day, which is my family specialty recipe, and I spilled beans. That'll get all a girl over. going every time. <laughs> Give me one example of bean dish working. <laughs> one example of it working as an aphrodisiac. But I spilled baked beans all over myself, and it was a very unmasculine thing to do i will admit it <laughs> i had baked beans in my hair on my mustache everywhere i spilled them because i so you your know, meal was ruined and then you had to go to weenie hut jr to finish <laughs> up the, the meal wasn't ruined i still made the bean dish the bean dish was fine but i was, it was a can opener and then like there was a part of the can that was still hooked on to the bean or like to the can so i'm like trying to push it to break it so i could get to the the sweet goodness of these beans <laughs> and i push it and it like the whole thing goes down on the beans and explodes into my face. So I had beans exploding all over me. It was a bean explosion. <laughs> this is that explains all the burps today too. Yeah, no. Yeah, and, and other things, you know. Gaseous was, yeah, no, you know. It wasn't good, but the bean dish was very good. All right, but that we're doing that men posting their W's in contrast to women posting their L's, which is another great account, which I might I don't know which one I like more. Because I like seeing women Taking L's, but I also really like seeing men take W's. So I don't know which one I like. Well, it's more. A, it's kind of a play on how like some a certain type of woman tends to like overshare on social media and go on online and like say, "Oh my God, this crazy thing happened to me and it's so bad and blah blah blah." It's like this play for you know sympathy, mm-hmm. and then it ends up backfiring because you just like like you're posting your L, and so right. this whole account just totally (laughs) nails that with these examples so go ahead this one says my parents just told me they are choosing to not attend my wedding rather than be vaccinated and ah 56.4 thousand likes 56.400 likes 
So she week. was giving her parents, um, forcing them to have a vax passport to attend her own wedding. Yes. And they're like, no, we're not like, no, we're not doing that. Based parents. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. Now you get married without your parents there. But these that accounts are horrible. These accounts are great because, like we said at the beginning, I said it kind of jokingly, but it is also true that you look at like excuse me, any sitcom or something where there's like a dad, the dad's painted as some dumb guy or the men in shows are painted as like brutes who don't know anything. Right. And, and the women are always heralded. Like we talked about yesterday in that Q and a thing where it was like women confidence equals empowerment, men confidence equals arrogance. And like those two different things, like women being confident in the world is like, is, is empowerment, but men aren't allowed to have that same type of mentality. And so accounts like these just put it into perspective. Not trying to shame women or only herald men, but as a perspective that says, hey, women do some things that are pretty dumb and men sometimes do some things that are pretty great. And that's awesome. You know, we all do dumb things and we all do great things, but it's good to yeah, show. I think that's what makes these accounts story. funny is that they're they're countercultural right now, because well, right now it's it, like you're saying, yeah, you got to everywhere you see masculinity, it's beaten down and it's, you know, castigated and shamed. And everywhere you see, well, femininity, it's like. If women exhibit masculine traits, then we we clap for them. But mm-hmm. here, it's like when women epitomize these these excesses in either way, or when men do the opposite. These these accounts point them out, and I love that. Yeah, I do too. So go, definitely go check out those accounts on Twitter. By the way, Broken Puppet those. says, "Who's the GQ guy?" And well, my name's Taylor. So <laughs> uh, my name's Will. Uh, <laughs> it's good to meet you guys. I mean, which one? No, that's Hot Scott. Yeah. You can put the camera on on Scott. This is Scott. Uh, he's taking Amala's chair today. Because we need to. He also got married this last weekend. Oh, yeah. So. Scott also got married. So, yeah, Scott and Taylor are going to be really happy together. Um, they had a wonderful time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they oh, had a great I time. They that. had a great time. <laughs> That's great. So. <laughs> That's how Scott W's. got the job here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude's posting their W's. <laughs> <laughs> so go over there. Hug. Oh, that's but no, yeah, Scott actually did get married to a beautiful woman and had a great wedding and great honeymoon. And we're very happy <laughs> that you guys have such great relationships. And, you know, I'm just super happy for you guys, you know. Yeah. Thank so, you. And yeah. we're here for all of your advice uh, questions. <laughs> you know, anytime you have questions about how things work or, you know, <laughs> how things how work, get dates and <laughs> have successful relationships, just let us know. Yeah, no, ask, ask them. They know a lot. Okay. They're, they're, no, I'm talking to you. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. You know, I, I definitely need help. Yeah. Tyler and I both need help. For also, sure. we've had a few uh, questions about, um, hot takes, which is our, for a while was our Wednesday segment, um, where we eat spicy food and debate while trying to recover. Someone sent us hell puffs. And um, I tried one yesterday, and they are crazy hot. And I wanted to do it today, but someone didn't want to. So I guess we'll have to wait until right, guys, Amala I will, gets back. I will explain this to you. I will explain push this Push Will to be a man no, and look at those. try this. Because Amala would totally do these with, Listen, with me. Listen, a viewer sent this to us, which is really nice that they send this to us. And I think that everyone else on the show should try this. Okay? <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I have, I don't know what it is. I told Taylor this today. I have a strange aversion to Cheetos. Oh my god! Like not hot Cheetos. I like the hot Cheetos, but the normal Cheetos, the orangeness of it, I don't know what it is. I have a very strange aversion to it. It's kind of weird. It's like this sounds like a like, women posting their L's uh, <laughs> post in the making. <laughs> I need like a psychiatrist to come and tell me what is Cheetos. wrong with me about these Cheetos. But like I, I refuse to eat Cheetos. Yeah, they have uh, habanero. Ghost pepper, Carolina Reaper pepper, Trinidad scorpion peppers, and natural and artificial flavoring. So they were no joke. And 
you guys will see we'll do it probably next week. Potentially. We'll see. If not, I'll do I'll I'll, I'll do something else. We'll make him do the bomb beyond the insanity bomb beyond. back here. Jeez, oh, I hate that stuff. It <laughs> makes my stomach feel horrible. All right, now we're gonna do because because we are experts on many things, but mostly Lord of the Rings, and Taylor and Amla's not here to complain about it. We're going to do a Lord of the Rings quiz. So many of you guys, I know you guys, the viewers, Amla complains about Lord of the Rings stuff, but I know you guys as viewers, you guys love Lord of the Rings stuff. I'm I'm super into it. Scott's actually very into it too, and so is obviously Taylor. I don't know about Tyler. He's never even read it. Tyler doesn't know how to oh, read. Man. That's what college education gets you these days. But we are very into it, and we're going to do this Lord of the Rings quiz. I don't know how hard it is, but Taylor picked it. So if it's not that hard... I didn't look at all the questions. I looked at like one or two. Okay. Just to get a feel. We're not doing the movie one. We're doing the the other one. Because I want to do it with you. Yeah. I want to do it with you too. All right. Question one. All right. Question one. (laughs) We all know that Boromir dies saving two of our favorite hobbits, but which book does he die in? All right. This one's easy. Tyler doesn't know. Fellowship of the Ring. Fellowship of the Ring. No, no. It's the Two Towers, the book. Oh, the book? Is it? Yeah. Oh, Oh, because at the beginning, an aim and head. Yeah. All right. Fine. Oh. Nice, Taylor. Well. You idiot. <laughs> Use that at two. I know. Right. Well, I was thinking of the movies. Okay. I thought you were an expert. I am an expert. <laughs> All right. Keep going. Which of these is another name for dwarves? Durin's Durin's folk. Durin's folk. Yep. Yeah. Easy. I didn't even read the other options. <laughs> Easy. All right. Which character said nine companions? So be it. You should Elrond. Be f- Elrond. Oh, yeah. Elrond. My boy. Who also, if the you guys brow. don't know, is... is uh, v. What's it called? V and V for Vendetta. And... The guy in the Matrix, Agent, Agent Smith. Smith. Agent Smith, right? Um, Is there no, ads? no. Right. What is the name of Galadriel's husband? Celeborn. Celeborn. Yeah. Oh, you picked the wrong you, one. No, I didn't. Know. There's Celebrimbor. Celebrimbor is the one who no, made no. the ring. I think you chose the one at the top, which is their son. No, I didn't choose Celebrain. the one at the top. I didn't choose the one. All right, we'll find. Right. After Four. Sauron, who held the One Ring? Isildur. Easy. Destroy it. No. Where's Legolas from? The Woodland Realm. Mirkwood. Yes. Yeah. Sure? It's not uh, Lothlorien? It's, it's, yeah, it's Mirkwood. All right, fine. In the Fellowship of the Ring, Frodo was stabbed on Weathertop. What type of blade? Morgul. 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 Oh, this is easy. We're so good at this. <laughs> I, I ho- We're doing it so fast that the people in the com- comments can't even play along. What is the name of the inn where Aragorn meets the hobbits? All right, wait. We know what it is. Okay, we all know this one. This one's easy. You guys, we'll give you a second in the comments. All right, no more. Prancing Pony. All right. <laughs> I'll be waiting what, for you. What was Gollum's name before he was Gollum? Uh, Falco. <laughs> Marto. Shane. Mariachi. Smeagol. Smeagol. Oh, Why does good. it cry, Smeagol? hurts us. How many rings of power were there? All right. Nine for men. Plus seven for dwarves, so that's 16. Plus three plus for, three for, for Wait a minute. Three were given to the elves, immortal, wisest, and fairest of all beings. Seven to the dwarf lords, great miners, and craftsmen of the mountain halls. And nine, nine rings are gifted to the race of men, who above all else desire power. For within yes. these rings was bound the strength and will to govern each race, and they're all then besieged. Where another ring was made in the land of Mordor and the fires of Mount Doom, the Dark Lord, Sauron, Forge, and Secret, a master ring to control her. So how many is that all together now? Um, <laughs> plus the one ring yeah. to rule them all. Yeah, that's what Equals. I was getting at. Yes. 20. Yes. No, that is... Listen, men, if you want to know how to get laid, all you have to do is memorize the first part of the Lord of the Rings. Speaking of the that's one it. ring. <laughs> oh, wait, so I, that's 20, right? Yeah, 20. Well, the there's, nine there's of men plus the one the of Sauron is 10, and yeah. then plus three plus with the elves is 13, plus seven is yeah, 20. 20. Yeah, yeah, so 20. Okay, right, good job. You did it, guys. What is the name of Gandalf's horse? Show Shut us up. the meaning of haste. 
Shadow facts. Hasufel. That's a... Erod. Brago is Aragorn's horse. Hasufel, Erod were the ones that yeah, Eomer gave to yeah, yeah. Gimli and Legolas. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Shadow Mane is just fake. You know what's crazy, though? In the in the books, it wasn't Brago as Aragorn's horse. It was actually Bill came back. It was Bill? Yeah. I don't remember that, man. I read The Lord of the Rings. It's been a long time. Since, like, middle school. Yeah. So... But I read the Silmarillion more recently, so I know all That's of that impressive. stuff. But the Lord of the Rings. All right. During the Siege of Minas Tirith, the forces of Sauron use a battering ram. I know this one. You know this one? Yeah. Taylor, do you know this one? Bring out the wolf's head. What is it called? Gron. Gron. Yep. There you go. <laughs> they all chant it. Last question. How would you rate this quiz? Um, not great. Too many ads. Yeah, too many ads. <laughs> I feel like they're going to try and get us. I have to watch an ad to see my results. Can I guess with what, Scott? I can't skip it. I, I think so they're going to try and get us and... with um, who held the ring after Sauron. It's going to be something. Cause you we mean said the Amazon it, show? We said a Sildur, right? Yeah. As our answer. Mm-hmm. But oh, no. Was it like. No, yeah, he did. Oh, no, Sildur it, had it afterwards. Because he picked it up off of the sliced hand. Right, the right. But I feel like. Did Elendil t- touch it? I don't think so. 11 out of yeah. 12. Which one, which one did we get wrong? We got that, them all right. I think that's the one. I'm pretty sure that I put Celeborn. I am like. Positive. I clicked that one. Did I click the wrong one? You you were going through it <laughs> like a madman. <laughs> I was. I was. I don't know. Maybe I clicked the wrong one. Are right, we gonna do another one? Almost making fun of us in the comments. I don't care. Like I leave from one week and this show becomes a nerd fest. All right. You want to do the other quiz too? Yep. All right. How many magic rings are there in Middle Earth? All right. We already did the math. Twenty. <laughs> um, how many wizards were sent to Middle Earth? I know this one. Do you know this one, Taylor? The rods of the five wizards. There you go. Five. The Maiar. Uh, what is the name of Aragorn's father? Jeez, these are easy. Arith- Arith- Aragorn, son of Arathorn. What gift does a Lady Galadriel give to Boromir? Boromir? Ooh, I think it's the horn. No, because the horn is from Gondor. It's the horn of Gondor. Oh, yeah, that's right. He had it already. Yeah. So is it the belt and the yeah, cloak? I think it's the get, gold. All of them got the I'm pretty bell. sure the golden bell, Nelvin yeah. cloak. But the elven cloak, Sam and Frodo have that. All of them got it. Yeah, all they all got them. All right. That's right. Let's right. go. Let's go. How long had Frodo kept the one ring hidden? Well, this is this is book. It, it would be 17 years, right? Roughly, yeah. Because that's how long it took Gandalf to go to Minas Tirith and find Gollum. Yeah. There we go. Man, we are so... What is the name of Lothlorien people? Oh, this is the, the Noldor. Is I'm, it? Well, Sindarin, Wouldn't it be the, the Galadrahim because she's the queen of Lothlorien? The Noldor yeah. are elves too. I, I would like, go Galadrium. Good job, guys. Go. All right, fine. Who is Gildor and Glorion? Sounds like a bad person. Gildor. No. Will should know this. I know it is. It's an elf king. I don't know this one. I oh, know Gildor. Okay, no elf by when in the books. There's the sh- the the ring wraith who is following Frodo and Sam in the beginning mm-hmm. before they meet Tom Bombadil, and then they That's come right. across Gildor the elf who are actually coming back from the Grey Havens. Yes. Yeah. Let's go, <laughs> man. Jeez, how did Frodo's parents die? Oh, I don't actually know yeah, this one. They drowned in a boating accident. Gollum definitely didn't strangle them. <laughs> We but know. the boating didn't, well, uh, Deagle drowned in a... Well, he didn't. Like, well, it wasn't Smeagol yeah, killed Smeagol. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. What's the other option? They died over, over after overeating the <laughs> That sounds pretty <laughs> hobbity. That's how... No, we got oh, it wrong. No, it was a boating. Okay. Which battle did Merry and Pippin lead after the War of the Ring? The Battle of Hobbiton. Or wait. Oh, these are all... 
What are we called? They had to take in the books. They have to take back Hobbiton because Isengard took the Shire. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah. Well, it's in the books. S- yeah, Sharky, it's not in the movie. AKA Saruman. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't what? Know. Make your pick. The choice is yours. What is it, Scott? Battle of Hobbiton or Bywater? Hobbiton, Bywater, or the Shire? Um, it would be the Shire, I think. Oh, the Bywater. Oh, Bywater. I thought that was the one where. Uh, the great took I didn't know that was a real goblin thing. head and created the game of golf. Okay, which event yeah. led to the destruction of Numenor? Numenorians were willing to forge a new ring of power. No, it's not that one. Numenorians tried to sail to the undying lands or Numenorians planned to exterminate the elven. So there were Numenorians in <laughs> <laughs> in Numenor. The, basically, there were two sects of, of Numenorians. There were the the Numenor- viewership is just tanking there, right now. <laughs> no, this is so interesting. Guys, Tolkien's world is like, it's like, it's the most in- extensive lore of anything ever. I mean, it's just insane yeah, how George much R- there is. George R. R. Martin has nothing on nothing, Tolkien. Nothing, or oh, Harry gosh, Potter, or anything. Yeah. None of it. I mean, it is crazy. But, so the Numenorians, there were two types of Numenorians. There were the black Numenorians, who Sauron had corrupted to worship Melkor, who was the first... Dark Lord of Middle Earth, and then there were the Numenorians who still stayed faithful to the Valar, who were like who were created by Eru Iluvatar, <laughs> and they they were still faithful. Um, All right, so what's your answer, um, <laughs> Smarty Pants? I think I'm gonna say it's the third. All right. No. <laughs> All See, right, advised by Sauron, the Numenorian king. Arfad that was a great lesson, though. Well. Make, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> that was. <laughs> The mouth of Sauron yes. supposedly a But the Numenorians had extended life. They were they were blessed because they helped in the battle. Yeah, that's of why Bellarine. Aragorn was 87 in the movie. What are the Huorns? People from the south of Middle Earth, the mountain chain trees to speak. Ooh, I don't know this. I'm gonna say I mean it has a picture of an end. All I'm thinking of is Hurin. I don't know. Let's say trees. Yeah, it's can't even read the options. Trees that Okay, well, because there was a picture of Treebeard that helped. <laughs> even move. What is the other name of the An- Azanul Bazaar's battle? The Battle of the Five Armies? That's what it looks like in the picture. We're just going off pictures now. Oh, How much well, longer is this trivia? More, I, I don't know. It doesn't look like too much longer. How did dwarves come into the world? Sprung uh, out of holes made... in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> there are no dwarf women. <laughs> They were made by the, I think they were made, yes, they were made by the Valor Ale, Ale, because he was a great smith, and the dwarves were great smiths. There we yeah. go. Finally broke Look your losing that. streak. Who was the first owner of the Vilya Ring? Uh, Gilgalad. Or maybe it's Elrond, because it's in there, I don't know. I believe, he, I believe Elrond was given the ring by Gilgalad. Oh, I told Scott you, Scott. Why right. did I listen to you? <laughs> no, no, I was. No, he said Elrond. He said no, Elrond said was given it to. Oh, okay, that's what I meant Gilgalad. to say. Oh, okay. Well, I said Gil. We, we were both right. Okay, we were, we're both, both right. right. All right, yeah, fine, fine. Fine. Ships in the night. I the wrong answer. <laughs> Who helped Saruman conquer the Shire? It's got to be the Sackville Bagginses. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Traded pipeweed to Isengard from. Who was fa- who has founded the kingdom of Arnor? Elendil. Uh, or an area. I don't know. But then two. it got broken into multiple kingdoms, and then they had wars with the Witch King of Angmar for centuries. An- 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 the Third Age. Anaria. <sighs> I knew it was a Lend deal. <laughs> <laughs> I love how like mad you are about this. Because Isildur stayed in Gondor, and then yeah. Elendil, who was Isildur's father. Yeah. All right, all right. 
What happened to the body of Celebrimbor? It rests in the graveyard of Rimdale. It was used by Soren as a banner. I have yep. no idea. It was used by Soren as a banner. He put it on a pike. Click it. Yeah. Got it. Which hobbit did help to Aon? Mary. Easy. Who cursed the dead men of Dunharrow? Isildur. Who is Arwen's mother? Uh, it's not Luthien. It's not Galadriel. There we go. 14 out of 20. Better than 81% of the quiz takers. Man. We would have had more, right? That yeah. was even better than your uh, college grades. I, <laughs> I know, actually better. <laughs> if only they tested me in Lord of the Rings knowledge in college, I would, be, I would have got my degree. Speaking of college, DBU. Yes, DBU. Guys, Dallas Baptist University is a great online, or not online, but it's a great university that you guys should check out. If you're looking for an education that isn't brainwashing you, that isn't dominated by the left, you can check out pragerucom slash DBU. Go check it out. We're doing special partnerships with them right now. And so if you want all the information on there, maybe you have a, a kid or a grandkid, or it's you who's looking for a new college experience, whatever it might be, check out DBU at pragerucom slash DBU. We're doing some special stuff with them. So and right sure now there's a chance out. to win a $1,000 scholarship. Yeah. If you fill out the forms. Yeah. Thoughts thousand dollar scholarship. That's a lot of money in the long run. So please check it out, pregu.com slash DBO. And I guys, I think that's where we're gonna wrap up the show. It is three thirty. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure that if you like this content, you are going on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Google Play. And you are checking it out and making sure that you're rating to five stars so that we can reach more and more people. And if you're, you know, you're not always going to be able to listen or not always going to be able to watch at the time that we're live. I get that. So make sure that you're going on these podcast apps and liking it or downloading the podcast so that you can listen to it later whenever you have time. Because we're talking about important things here like the Numenor and, and, and Melkor and, and the Dunedain, you know, so all of that. So it's very important stuff. So make sure you're tuning in. Guys, thanks so much for watching. We are going to see you tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Pacific, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to catch you then. Peace. Peace.